0: I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro-Khaleesi. And
1: this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted
0: side of kink.
1: Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, Knight, Jay, Novahedonist, Tempest. And Brianna Lynn.
0: We are at episode 7 Rah rah! Woo-hoo!
1: We have an announcement. Our website, pinkkinkpodcast.com, is up and running. woo Yay! It is so beautiful. It's pink. Of course it's pink. Of course it's, it's pink. It's pink kink. That's right. On the website, you will find links to all of our episodes. You'll find links to all of our social media accounts. You can even
0: send us a message through the website. So lots of good stuff. You definitely want to check it out. And also, if you like what we do, if you love our podcast as much as we love our podcast, you can actually help support us and become a patron at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. We actually have extra perks for being a patron, including a special Discord group, which is super fun, actually. We already have that thing up and running. So today's topic is dungeons and play
1: parties. I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> a BDSM Dungeon. Those words cause many Kingsters to shiver, either out of excitement, like us, or maybe for some new folks a little bit out of fear.
0: I yeah, so my first time going to a dungeon, I was so scared. Where did you go for your first time? I went to Studio 58. <gasps> that was my first Maryland. dungeon. Yeah, it was um it was the fire and ice party, and I went with a friend of mine and I think she's listening right now. And it was, it was, oh, I was so scared. I like barely talked. I barely did anything. I just watched the whole time.
1: Oh, yeah. And then because I do everything completely different. (laughs) My first time going, stripped naked, walked around naked while I was attached to a collar and leash, did a scene in front of I don't even know how many people.
0: What I in know.
1: the hell? Yeah, well, I think that's when I finally really figured out I
0: might just be an exhibitionist. Okay, so I've been doing since then, it's been about six, almost seven years, right? I still won't get naked at a party, even with its if it's people that I've known for like the entire span of my being in the community full on. Like I still won't do it.
1: And I am naked almost the entire time, which is why I actually had somebody at a munch say to me, I kid you not, oh, I didn't recognize you with clothes on.
0: (laughs) We were actually discussing uh, me doing a rah-rah costume. And I said, oh, it's really simple. Just smear myself in pink and put on a red wig. And they were like, well, you'd have to be naked the whole time. And I was like, no, no, no. I'll just wear like a really cute pink sheet or something like I have aftercare. You could
1: put on a onesie. I wear a onesie sometimes in the winter after a scene. Oh, that's
0: true. I'd have to figure out what onesie. But um, yeah, me just walking around naked with like pink and glitter on would also be a pretty good rah costume.
1: All right. So before I have you... to walk
0: on my knees though. Bef-
1: Are you making short jokes? For I life?
0: might be making short jokes <laughs> at you. That's just a little mean.
1: <laughs> a little. <laughs> okay. Serious. No more short jokes. Okay. All right. So before you ever went to the Studio 58-
0: what did you picture in your mind about Dungeons? You know, it's it's a stupid thing to picture, but it was full on like red lights everywhere, dark club, um, maybe some lightning strobes and the quintessential dominatrix in corset leather holding a whip. She kind of looked like a pinup girl in my head. Um, If you exist, I would like to meet you. Hello. And I pictured something similar, but with... A lot of
1: whips. Every, every, in my head, everybody was like on a St. Andrew's cross getting whipped.
0: And there was like a crack of the whip every yes. two seconds. Just every two seconds.
1: <laughs> I don't think I can do that sound. Or
0: the screams, you know. Oh, two scream. se- you, you have the alternate whip and then, ah! It was more like, ah! That yeah, so of- for me, it would be, ah! <laughs> well,
1: I've been to locally about three public dungeons
0: and probably five private dungeons i think i'm around the same so i would definitely be three public um one of them is closed unfortunately now and then i've got like this circle of private dungeons i don't think i've been to as many as you i think it's like probably i have my main three right one of which is mine right it is the domus it is look at that
1: shameless plug for my dungeon
0: (laughs) that only works for the people that live in this area though that's true
1: and are vetted (laughs) truth so because we'd only been to the dungeons inside our area we wanted to make sure that when we shared this information with everybody that we had an idea of what happens in other places
0: like other people's dungeons in our area are similar um, because we all kind of know each other and actually does my house count as a no i don't have a dungeon in my house i do play parties not a dungeon so it doesn't really count people who host talk to each other and we all have something similar for Correct. rules and etiquette but we didn't know you know what would happen in say California right well we put the word out reached out to people in our facebook
1: group on Twitter, on Instagram.
0: In our personal Discord group, which you can join I'm if you're a patron. a patron.
1: And on FetLife. And I was very excited. I have heard from Kingsters in Florida, California,
0: South Dakota. There's dungeons in South Dakota? There is at least one dungeon in South That's Dakota. That's awesome. I kind of want to go. Right? Would that be a really cool like vacation? Dungeon Just road trip? Dungeon road trip across the
1: states? that would be fun but see what i want to do is we also spoke to people from the united kingdom in london and edinburgh and i would love to go there
0: okay that's it we need enough patrons to send us to edinburgh dungeons so that can research first-hand experience research people for science guys we need to go to scotland and research uh dungeons for science yes not so that rara can get whipped no I mean no, she no, will no, anyway, but it's not. obviously But research. that's for research. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But also spoke to Kingsters in Ireland, Germany and Australia. And Canada. And Canada. Oh, how could I forget Canada? We love a lo- Canada. Our lovely northern neighbors. So when we talk about the different expectations at dungeons, we did get a wide variety. And the one thing that I found out is while there are a lot of things that we have the same in the United States and elsewhere,
0: there was surprisingly a lot of differences. And that's the part that I think I'd like to know more about. because So my plan pre-COVID, if that hadn't hit, I was actually going to go to Amsterdam. Oh, nice. And my plan was to hook up in Amsterdam and see if there was any dungeons in there or munches I could go to. Preferably both. Right. Um, and that would have been a really cool experience. But also, I wouldn't have any idea what to expect and how different it would be.
1: The first thing I want to talk about in regard to public dungeons is membership. So some dungeons require a membership. Some dungeons don't.
0: I think the only one that I'm thinking of around here does require a membership. The other two, one, of course, is closed that didn't require a membership. It was just a cover fee. Right. And then the other one in uh, Maryland is a cover fee, I believe. Well, we
1: can give them a nice little shameless plug. We could.
0: Baltimore Playhouse. Hi, Baltimore Playhouse. And The Crucible. Yes, Crucible is the one that does require a membership, right? which I need to actually redo. And
1: Baltimore Playhouse doesn't require a membership, but they offer it. Mm -hmm. And with that membership, you get less paperwork you have to fill out because every time you come to the dungeon, you have to sign a waiver. If you are a member, then you do not need to sign that paperwork every time. They also have special events for their members.
0: Yeah, I might just sign up for both. I don't think I've, I haven't done membership for either yet, because again, I was going to do this all pre-COVID, right. and then that happened, and I was like, well, let me just put my life on hold.
1: Well, th- the other thing that's nice with the membership is it's a way to support your local dungeon. One of the problems is, is I've spoken to a lot of people, even before COVID, it's hard to keep a dungeon going. Yeah, The neighbors don't always like what's going on. There's different rules and regulations in different states, and so... To have m- the membership, it has money that they know is coming in, and it's just a way to support them. And I know, for instance, the Crucible right now, they are asking for more members because that will help them keep the doors open when and hopefully I'm, it will. this pandemic will end soon. And
0: I'm definitely signing up for that. Like That's actually on my list for this weekend. Some
1: dungeons require that once you become a member, you have to attend a new member class before you even actually come to any of the play parties that they're holding. So question, is that
0: different than the
1: dungeon 101 classes? I don't know. My guess is the difference is going to be how this particular dungeon works, dungeon etiquette. Mm -hmm. I have found that the 101 classes that say like Crucible or Baltimore Playhouse offer right before they open the dungeon for the night. Mm -hmm. In addition to all of that the etiquette they also talk about the different kinks i think the new member class is less about the kinks and more just about the dungeon etiquette. Okay, well, like to etiquette to that specific dungeon? I guess is yes. Okay. I haven't been to one, so I can't say for sure.
0: Well, I'm going to hopefully be able to get um, a membership soon. Like I said, that's on my list of things to do this weekend. So I'm going to do that for myself and my husband and maybe we'll be able to let everybody know the difference between a 101 class and a membership class. There you go. If there's even a difference because I have been to the 101 class there.
1: Now, memberships
0: are typically for
1: one year, and then they need to be renewed. Now, what I did find was interesting is, is for my international friends, there seemed to be also the same about Mm 50-50 of some membership, some non-membership. A lot depended on if it was a straight out dungeon or a club where kink activities
0: happened. Okay, so it's more like if if the thing itself was an actual dungeon, and that's the only thing they did, that would be the membership part, right? Seemed like it. Okay. I spoke to
1: one person in Australia who said their parties were mostly done at private dungeons. Mm -hmm. And that required a membership.
0: Okay. And then it, like if it was a club that rented out a space for an evening where it was, you know, once a month they would do a dungeon night, that's where it would just be a cover fee. Correct. Okay. That actually does make sense. Right. So
1: on to vetting. Now, for those who don't understand the concept of vetting, what that basically means is that whoever is in charge of the dungeon is making sure that you are a safe player, that they feel comfortable and confident in letting you into their space. Now, vetting changes depending upon public versus private. In some instances, some of the dungeons are going to ask for your ID with your legal name. And then they may even run your name through, at least here in the United States, through the U.S. Department of Justice's National Sex Offender Database.
0: Which personally makes me feel super safe about that dungeon. If they were just, you know, FET names or whatever. Right. Which actually, isn't there a spot on some of the waivers where you have your legal name and your FET name? Yes. That that actually makes me feel much safer.
1: Now, this seems to be something that's a little bit more specific to United States. When I spoke to my international friends, the vast majority of them said, no, they don't do any kind of background check and don't even ask for your legal name, Hmm. which
0: surprised me because they all said, but that sounds like a great idea. It does sound safer, honestly. And that's that's the, my first thought was if if you're going to deny someone entry because they're on this registry, then it's going to be less, um, I guess in my thoughts, it'd be less opportunity for consent violation and just safety in general, which if you're in a dungeon and you're doing BDSM, you're super vulnerable as it is.
1: Yeah. I did have one person from British Columbia in Canada who said that they do have their own registry of sex offenders and that they can use it. Mm-hmm. But that's
0: the only international person who said they had anything of that sort. Interesting. So if I do go, if we go to Edinburgh, we're going to have to like really be on our guard, I guess. I Yes. <laughs> Not really, because honestly, I've been to Scotland and it has the most friendly, genuine people I have ever met in any country I've been to oh yeah I love I love it I would live there if I could I oh, see for me it's London uh, well then fine it's an eight-hour trip right on a cool. train we can still go all right anybody want to hire me I want to move to Scotland <laughs> <laughs> the, I think you just like the kilts well and yeah. the fact
1: that real Scottish men don't wear anything under their kilts
0: There's that, but it's not, it it really is just the accents. Like I have the, the audio fetish is strong with that one. The last time I went there and be careful guys, because now this is going to turn into a podcast on how much I love Scotland. (laughs) I wanted to melt into the ground with how sexy those accents are. And the, the auditory fetish of an, any accent is like incredible. That one just happens to be my favorite.
1: You need to do a
0: scene at some point, role play scene, just done in accents. If I can find somebody that can actually do that accurately, that would be maze balls, <laughs> but they would have to top me because I don't think I could top and and have that going in no, the same No, because time. you'd be too melty. I would I would be dead. I would be like just in a puddle on the floor. Oh my god. Is there anybody that wants to do that? I like now am so into this idea. I'm like looking at Raw Rock, like sending her eye messages. Okay, Please let so happen. For we me. have on our podcast,
1: on our website, the ability to link to a, send us a voicemail message. Oh my God. I need somebody to send us a voicemail message. Actually, send Dara a voicemail message in your best Scottish accent. Ooh. Can somebody do that for me? There's our pink kink challenge. Oh
0: my God. That is
1: our pink kink challenge for this week. Excuse me, guys. I need to go get a Hitachi. Go to our website, click the link or contact us and send us a voicemail message to Dara in a Scottish accent.
0: And if you're actually Scottish and you do this for me, I swear. Ooh, okay, I'm actually turning red right now. Okay,
1: let's let's change the subject, bring it down a little bit, and let's start talking about the rules. Okay. Now, the rules at public and private dungeons are going to be a little different, so we're going to start with just the public. Okay. So far, across the board, no cell phones, cameras, Or recording devices of any sort are allowed. Uh, they're, they're worried understandably. Not everybody is out and about. It's a legal issue. You don't want pictures of you being distributed. And it is so easy these days with just a few clicks and a few seconds and someone could be posting pictures and videos on social media. And nobody wants that. We
0: all take our privacy very seriously. I'm actually really glad that Google Glass didn't take off because if you like the glasses that you wear that have the, the recording devices and stuff in them. I did not know such a thing existed. Really? Sorry. Oh, they we were trying to push that. But it's you literally walk around with your glasses. And it, some of them had like a camera right here in the center on the nose bridge. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I just keep thinking of like, get smart. <laughs> Maxwell. Okay, Whatever. well, You're dating yourself. I'm dating myself again. I know. Second of all, if a shoe phone ever becomes a thing,
1: I'm getting you one. Oh, thank you. I would appreciate that. You can (laughs) actually buy, I'm going off topic here, you can actually buy a phone that looks like a shoe, but that's a whole nother story. Okay, well, that's your birthday present then. Right. (laughs) So across the board, it seems to be, the rule that pictures are not allowed though some dungeons will let the dungeon monitor take a picture Mm -hmm. of your scene if you ask them to i've had that happen because i've had some intricate rope scenes that i really desperately wanted pictures of and so the dungeon monitor will come and take a picture and make sure that
0: one only the people in the picture who have consented yes that's incredibly important because i think we said this in a previous episode don't post pictures with other people's faces in it unless you have their consent to do so. So the dungeon monitor would ask anyone involved who would be in the picture. Right. Does this also count? Like, what if there's a professional photographer there? Because I've seen that a couple of times.
1: The few times that I've been to the dungeon when there was a professional photographer, they are actually set up off in a corner and they're really just doing portrait shots. Okay. Okay. I mean, I've done in my private dungeon photo shoots, but we did the same thing where we made sure the angle mm-hmm. that the photographer was using, nobody else was in the picture but me and my rigor
0: because we did the string rub suspension. I do believe that every once in a while, like if it's a weird angle and you just can't get it right, you just warn everybody around you and say, hey, could we get a little space here, please? Right. And, you know, usually people are pretty cool about it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's Let's talk talk about about you and me. Okay, we're going
1: off topic. Sorry. All right. So sex. This was very simple. Some places, yes, you can have sex. Some places, no, you can't have sex. It seemed to depend on the regulations
0: and the laws of each individual state. Right. Baltimore Playhouse is obviously Baltimore, Maryland, and I believe Studio 58 was also Maryland. Correct. And then there's D.C. Right. Right. I remember in Studio 58 you couldn't have sex in the main area. Okay. But there were private rooms. Right. So that was different. Uh, Baltimore it, Playhouse I don't think has those private rooms.
1: Baltimore Playhouse has one bed in a room off to the side, but it's still not private. Right. It's for more safety like an sake For safety's sake they have it open and mm-hmm. it is mostly for aftercare. They do allow sex at Baltimore Playhouse? I've mm-hmm. seen it. Mm-hmm. They allow sex at the Crucible in Washington DC because I've seen it. Now, no sex doesn't mean no orgasms. I love orgasms. Orgasms are good. Can we keep
0: orgasms forever?
1: Why not? Okay, just saying. So you can certainly use Hitachi wands, fingers, mouth. What you cannot do is have penetrative sex. Okay. That was what the rules were at these places.
0: Okay. So on that note, penetrative sex is that including dildos for pegging? Correct. Yes. Okay. Does that include icicles? I don't know that anybody went into
1: that level of detail. Okay. I didn't think to ask about icicles.
0: Remember, okay, so I bring this up for a reason. Remember when I said the very first party I went to was Studio 58's Fire and Ice? And I went with Kaidapon. Okay. My friend who's, you know, hopefully listening. They better be. Well, she's the one that kind of brought me into the whole public thing. I was more private before her. And then she was like, hey, you live near me. Let's go to a party in Maryland. Okay. So she brings me to this and it's a fire and ice party. And like I said, I was observing mostly. Okay. So fire dancers, fire pit, mostly outside, fire blowing, all of that. And then the ice stuff was mostly inside. Granted, this was February. Okay. It was very very cold outside. So I was mostly inside with the ice stuff and I saw this gentleman ice fucking a lady who was Burr. on a bench. And I asked like how do you get that? It's is it just you don't you can't just pull an icicle off the side of the roof because, you know, infection <laughs> Um, But they made these ice dildos by putting the ice in a condom and then, you know, having it freeze in that shape. I mean, obviously you have to you have to get it in that shape, like the long kind of shape because a condom would spread out and it would just be a balloon. balloon. But it was specifically in I don't know if they had like a silicone dick mold or something. Okay. But they put a condom in, in whatever it was that was keeping it upright, like a Popsicle holder maker thing. And then they would pull it out, peel off the condom, and then that's what they would use. And it would melt. So cold. Well, I would hope so because the, the pussy's hot. Well, yeah, but it melted inside the pussy while he was ice fucking her. All right. It was fascinating. Okay. But I was watching that. So I'm like, does that count as penetrative sex? I, I cannot say that I found that in my research, but I also wasn't looking for ice fucking in my research. Either. I mean, I really enjoyed watching that one. It She was like going crazy. And okay. I mean, obviously, sensation play, is that it? adds a whole new level yes, to it. It does. All right. So then there's alcohol. And the answer
1: is mostly no, but surprisingly, yes, in some areas. So for example, in your clubs that are clubs mostly, but have Kingster night,
0: Mm-hmm. Obviously,
1: they allow it. Some private dungeons, some public dungeons do allow alcohol. Now, I know I've expressed my opinion on this. I don't think
0: alcohol and kink mixes. This is my opinion as well. I actually will not play with anybody who has had a drink. I don't care if it's one or 20. I do know though some
1: people feel the need to have at least one or two beverages to get over their nerves at the thought of playing. It's not for me to judge, but I can make decisions for myself and I'm with you in the- I don't play with somebody who is basically
0: altered. It's it's not just that for me because electro and alcohol, it's not that great of a mix. It doesn't matter if it's just on the surface or if it's a TENS unit and going deeper. It's just not a good combo.
1: Same thing with impact because the alcohol will dull the pain and you'll end up taking more than you probably would Negotiated have if you were sober or yeah. should take. Now, the one thing everybody seemed to agree on is no drugs, none
0: whatsoever. Just
1: say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, guess what we're going to talk about next, Dara? I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go over there. Blood. It's time to talk about blood. Achoo, Dara runs away. <laughs> Edge scenes. Now, some dungeons allow blood, but only in designated areas. Some dungeons allow it anywhere in the dungeon, and some dungeons say absolutely no. I don't go to those dungeons. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I am pretty respectful, I like to think so, of other people's
0: dislike. Well, of that's my your opinion. Play. You being respectful, that's your opinion. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I warn you. <laughs> Again, I warn you, if you still look, not my fault. Yeah,
0: that was... That was my bad. <laughs> but I had it I had a
1: scene once actually at Baltimore Playhouse where we did a blood play scene. Some friends of ours were there on the other side cuz Baltimore Playhouse is huge. It's, massive. it's a huge warehouse. So we were on one side doing blood play, and then there were people on the other side that were friends of ours who had wanted to see. So probably because I was full of endorphins and not thinking, I got up and turned to my friends and said, hey, I'm going to show the other friends. And I started to walk away, and they all looked at me. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? You cannot <laughs> walk through the dungeon with blood all over your body. Buck naked, dripping Buck naked, blood dripping across blood. the floor. And I just looked at them and said, Oh, yeah.
0: I guess that might not be a good idea. <laughs> uh, because seriously, if you had walked past me like that, I would have been like, who the hell is murdering
1: Rara? And this is why you don't make decisions while un- while in subspace, because they're
0: not usually good decisions. Oh, that was that was not a good decision. Yeah. No, I didn't do it. They stopped me. Oh, good. Thank you to whoever the heck you are.
1: Responsible tops for the win. (laughs) Uh, Some of the dungeons that do allow blood play also request that you let the dungeon monitors know beforehand that you are doing blood play. That just seems common
0: sense, respectful. Right.
1: And the same thing goes to a lot of the edgier ones like fire play, Mm -hmm. needles, needles. Breath play—that was another one that some dungeons were very specific. They don't allow breath play, and some dungeons said yes.
0: Yeah, I so need to try that. See, now there's something you can do that I'm not interested in, but I'll watch you do it. Yeah, I well, I'm gonna need somebody to catch me, but I'm pretty sure that's Daddy's job. I think so. But um, yeah, when when I do that next next time, anything is open, and our friend that does that specific type of breath play that we talked about is is doing it. I'm so doing it. You have to
1: wait till I'm there to see it though because this I gotta (sighs) see.
0: (sighs) But what if you're not there and it's like all set up and I'm ready. I don't give you consent to do it without me there to watch. (laughs) You're not my daddy.
1: No. I'm your co-host. That means something too. Fine. House safe words. A lot of the dungeons have specific safe words that they want you to use beyond just the traffic lights. They want you to use those so that their dungeon monitors know to listen for it. So I know one dungeon, the house safe word is actually safe word.
0: Is it really? Yeah. Baltimore Playhouse, it's actually safe word. Is their house safe word? That just seems like the equivalent of your password being 1234. Well, they don't want anything complicated. They want something
1: simple and easy that you will remember. And the point behind it is that the assumption would be that let's say either there's something wrong with your top and so you need to
0: get help over there or your top is
1: not listening when you read and you can yell,
0: safe word! Okay, I get it now. So red would be safe word to your top, right? But if they're losing their marbles, right? Oh, hell, I'm just gonna say if they're losing their shit and not listening. You can scream safe word and that that brings down the DMs. Exactly. Gotcha.
1: But you could also use it. Let's say I'm in the middle of a rope suspension, and I'm just hanging around (laughs) and my top passes out and therefore cannot get me down. And I'm hanging there. So I can't get me down
0: either. I can yell safe word. It's also pretty good for tops to know that just in case there's an accident. Right. So what if you fall? Yes, they can yell safe word and help comes a
1: running. Waivers. That seems to be mostly a United States thing. Okay. There were a couple of Canadian dungeons that I believe also do waivers. But everybody I spoke to on the other side of the pond, as they like to call it, (laughs) nobody signs waivers. So what's in a waiver? Usually it is your legal name. It is an acceptance that you know what you're doing is edge play and that you could be hurt and you're not blaming them and you're not going to sue them if you get hurt.
0: Okay. What about consenting to the no photography thing? Would that be in the waiver or would that be in like a different document? I think that's up to the dungeon itself, what they put into their waivers. Okay. Because I think I signed one once where it said, you know, I understand that it's no photography. I don't remember where that was. It might have been Crucible. I'm not entirely sure though. it was a while ago. All right. Let's talk about etiquette. How should you behave at the dungeon? Politely.
1: Absolutely. I mean, duh. Rule number 1: Don't touch anyone or anything without receiving consent and permission.
0: So to me, that's kind of duh. You would think that. That actually really irritates me. And I do have a story. It actually happened, I believe, at your dungeon. There was a male sub who was here without his, uh, well, he called her goddess. And it was under her orders that he had to come and like start, you know, making friends and getting to know people in the community. But she couldn't go with him for some reason. So he had to do this on his own. And I could tell he was a super, super shy gentleman. Very sweet but very shy. He was interested in the electro. So I was, you know, showing him and somebody came up to me and said, you should just shock him. And I went, no. And he just kind of looked nervous and very scared. And the other person said, no, just go ahead and, you know, do it. And started reaching for my tools. And I was like, oh, hell no. First of all, (laughs) you don't touch my stuff without permission. And second of all, I'm not touching anybody without their consent or in his case, since he clearly has a collar on, it is locked. He has told me about his goddess. I'm not touching him without her consent. Right. And she's not here. So no, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. I kind of went off on that person. I don't know if you re- I remember in the area. that. Yeah, I was, I was pissed. Yeah. Well, I had an
1: instance at one of the public dungeons where I was doing a scene with Simple Beauty, and we laid out all the toys that she was going to hit me with on a table so she could have easy access. And I cannot tell you how many people walked up and wanted to pick up the toys and look at them. Yeah, no. And thankfully we had a group with us and the other members of our group
0: sort of stood around the table of toys. Like guards. D- like guards and kept people away. So for me and the electro play, that's so massively dangerous to do. Not so much touching the toys, but if you first of all, they're glass, they're breakable. So you touch my shit and you break it, you're gonna be out like, you know, twenty five to fifty dollars, depending on what it is. Right. And then second of all, the shit's live. Yeah. I you know, don't touch the people. Don't touch the the bottom. No. Don't touch the top. One of our friends is, I, I trained him in electro and he was somewhere and he was live and he warned everybody around him.
1: There's always those idiots who just won't listen.
0: This person walked through the scene and passed him. I think it was behind him. It wasn't like in between him and the bottom, but it was like close enough that he brushed by our friend. Did he get shocked? Well, not so much until our friend decided to teach him a lesson yeah a little bit and kind of cranked it a little with the bottom's <laughs> permission. So our friend was uh, was the conduit, was coursing this this stuff through him. I love him. it. And the the you know other person walked through the area again and brushed, and our it was just enough contact that that person got one hell of a jolt. Sucker got Did what they deserved. Come back. That's right. So good on you, my friend.
1: Now, if you're new at the dungeon, or seeing things for the first time you haven't seen before, you might have questions. Most of us kinksters love answering questions. We'll talk about kink all damn day. But you have to know when it's appropriate to ask those questions. So if someone's in the middle of a scene, and by scene, I also mean aftercare, Mm -hmm. leave them the fuck alone and save your questions for later
0: i would say especially not okay not especially during aftercare but if you disrupt someone's aftercare that either the top or the bottom it's gonna fuck them up so that is definitely something
1: to be aware
0: of i mean a lot of these etiquette things
1: are just if you ask me common sense and have really nothing to do with etiquette specifically to kink and dungeons but just etiquette when dealing with people Yes. So another rule is be aware of your surroundings at all times and don't be disruptive. And by being aware, that includes space. I had an instance at a public dungeon where I was being tied. My rigor was tying me. And nearby was another top and bottom doing a scene that included a whip. Mm -hmm. He was not paying attention. I can see where this is going. And he actually got my rigor two or three times before she went apeshit on him.
0: Knowing her. Yeah, apeshit is
1: the correct word. Now, thankfully, she actually likes whips. So it was more the instance of you're disrupting my scene. You're not being careful. But imagine if this was somebody who whips for a hard limit mm-hmm. and it could be so much worse. So you have to be so aware of it. Even just talking. So if you're watching a scene happening, yeah. talk quietly. Whisper. Don't disrupt the goddamn
0: scene by talking loudly. I actually have two stories on that. Uh, you reminded me the, the talking part. There was a scene going on and everybody in the room was watching this scene. Quite frankly, it was beautiful. They were tying, uh, two absolutely gorgeous ladies on one rig, intertwining. It was, it was stunning work. Um, and I was watching and another person came up to me with, I don't know what it was, like a hammer or something and said, Hey, can I hit you with it? And I know this person. And I was like, yeah, come on, let's do that. Just, you know, for shits and giggles right on the ass. And I turned and daddy was bracing me and this person hit me, didn't hold back. Uh oh, and and knowing that I am not an impact person, probably should have, but I didn't calculate that into. I mean, it, there was almost no negotiation. It was, hey, this is cute and fun, let's do this. There was a lot of assumptions, right, in that. Well, when he hit me with it, I let out a shriek that actually disrupted the rope scene. Uh oh, and I was more mortified by that than getting hit. Yeah. I wanted to sink into the floor. It was it was unintentional, but it stopped the scene and. I don't know how hard they had to work to get back into their space. And then the other story, actually, I want to say it was from the same weekend. I was doing some demos with Electro. This was a convention, like a weekend convention. I had this really beautiful scene going. I think it was with, it was somebody who hadn't done it before, but was super, super into it. And he was absolutely loving it on a massage table. So his face was in In that little little hole thing. There was tape across my space. Do not cross this tape when I'm in a scene. I'm live. I was warning people. This woman crawled underneath my table with my person on it so that she could see my bottom's face. What? There, yeah. There were wires. There were plugs. There were uh, safety things going on where like I had a, so in my setup, I actually have a tool where um, I plug my wand into this foot pedal and then the foot pedal is attached to other safety items. And I hit the kill switch, which is that foot pedal. No more live, no more nothing because this this woman was crawling around underneath my table. Oh, yeah. and I had. I called, I was like, get out. And she goes, well, I just wanted to see his face. I was like, no, tape, get out. I'm live. It's electricity. It's dangerous. Get out. I don't know. I have not negotiated with you. I don't know if you have a heart problem. I was like, get out. She wouldn't leave. And I had to get a DM to basically pull her out. Mm -hmm. It was pretty bad.
1: Cleaning. Clean the goddamn damn fucking equipment people oh my god (laughs) gross okay first of all cover the equipment dungeons provide pads shucks as we call them Mm -hmm. half the time they're just puppy pads so we're not talking any fancy equipment
0: yeah so if you've got a puppy you've already got the
1: equipment right cover the equipment and then still clean it afterward yeah because it's polite
0: it's just kind manners look if you're touching body parts with stuff i mean there's people who sweat there's people who might be wearing a perfume that will contaminate the item and then if you use that on somebody else and that somebody else is allergic to that perfume you have a problem yeah it's not just polite it's a safety issue and let's be honest we
1: probably are sweating yeah there might be some tears going on or in Ravra's case,
0: blood. Oh, I I was going to say that, but you beat me to it. Well, look, if you've already mentioned that your blood tools are not used on anybody else, but this is like just in case you have a rando coming up and touching your tools. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I do blood play at public dungeons, I cover the entire equipment with stuff with pads and then I cover it with my blanket because I like to lay in something soft Mm -hmm. and then I still clean it down afterward. The dungeons
0: provide cleaning equipment, so it's not even like you have to worry about it. Right. They've got it all all over the place. And I wipe down every piece of equipment after use. Usually if I have an assistant with me, that person will okay. be cleaning everything down for me so that I can just go right into the next one. But if it's a private party, I don't have an assistant. Right. I only have assistants at big conventions. Yeah. So so we talked a little
1: bit about being quiet when you're watching the scene. There's also being quiet when you're in the scene. Now I'm all for the oohs, the ahs, and the sound effects. But when you are in a public setting, you have to understand you are not the only one there. Mm-hmm. So be mindful. Mindful of it. We've had, we have a friend who goes into operatic arias. Oh, that's so she's amazing. I mean, I love her to death, but she was loud, really, really loud. And if I'm in the middle of a scene, I know it pulled me out. We had at the last time I did blood play at Baltimore Playhouse. So picture this I am on the spanking bench and I am getting hit. I'm getting double topped. I had two (laughs) tops. So I'm getting hit. They both got spiked paddles in their hands and they're hitting me, drawing blood. You're not hearing a sound out of me. I'm quiet can be. Because as I joke with people, if you want me to shut up, just start hitting me. That's when I get quiet. Yeah, you're weird. I know. But meanwhile, there was a scene going on not too far away of a gentleman with two female bottoms. Mm -hmm. He was barely hitting them. And I mean, I'm not judging that he's barely hitting them. That was what they wanted, obviously. But the sound effects as they were getting hit, you would have thought they were the ones participating in the blood play with the spiked paddles. (laughs) It was so loud and so disruptive to my scene that I had to sneak earphones into my ears attached to my phone, which I hid under my blankets so that nobody would think I was taking pictures because I wasn't taking pictures and I just put on a playlist of music that inspired me because I had to tune them out Mm -hmm. in
0: order to do my scene. Yeah, pulling somebody out of space with your noises is again kind of not polite. Um, I have a I love this girl so much. I love doing uh, electro scenes with her. It's the same one that I did the baseball bat thing and I pressed into her when she got like kind of bratty with me. Oh yeah. Um, Panda darling, if you're listening, please come back to me. I want to beat you. (laughs) Anyway, so she's got an absolutely stunning voice and she and I do this thing where I put a metal threaded blanket on her and then I light it up with the electro and it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like fireworks going across the blanket and she sings. She sings specifically Light It Up by Fallout Boy <laughs> and we will, we will warn people that she's about to do this and when she gets to the I'm on fire part, I will like really get, get into the gets, zapping yeah. part so that part ends up being I'm on fire Like she absolutely (laughs) shrieks it and loses her mind. It's so much fun. But again, we have to warn people that we're doing like kind of a musical number over there. There you go.
1: Don't be an equipment hog. There are limited amount of pieces of equipment and a lot of people who want to use them. So please be respectful. Some clubs do have time limits on how long you can be on equipment and some don't. Just use your common sense and if you see people who seem to be waiting for your scene to be done so they can get
0: going, finish up. Yeah, it's not like you can put a quarter on it and say, all right, I got next. Right.
1: Don't interrupt somebody else's scene. Oh my God, don't do that. Okay, that's that's just
0: murder waiting to happen, guys.
1: Let them be. Now, if you're invited to participate in the scene, that's something different. But otherwise, unless there is an urgent situation,
0: there's no reason to get involved in a scene. Not really. No. And that, again, brings to mind the person who crawled underneath my table that time. Don't do it. Don't do it. It throws everybody off. Mm
1: -hmm. And then again, finally, dungeon monitors. You will have dungeon monitors at the public dungeons. That seemed to be across the board, whether it was the United States or internationally. There were dungeon monitors there. Sometimes they were called dungeon masters, but the DMs are there to enforce safety. Yes. And so you will see those. Now another question is what should you wear to the dungeon? That's an interesting question because it is varied. Right. Well, the, we all agree you need to be what's called street legal. At least you the get door. to the door. And then once you get through the door, it was whatever you wanted. Now some dungeons had rules as far as where nudity was allowed. Mm-hmm. So in the front area with the welcoming area the seating area, nudity was not allowed. But in the dungeon playing area, absolutely
0: allowed. I think uh, there's a couple of places that have like a changing spot where you would put your equipment back down. And you can also Mm -hmm. like strip into your fetish wear that you would wear like underneath your clothes. And then put that on so my very first couple of times I went to a dungeon wore the same outfit my lace up black pants some black leather boots and my black corset okay now to your place I'll wear like a t-shirt and leggings right (laughs) well and for me what I wear will
1: depend on if I'm topping or bottoming that night Mm -hmm. if I'm bottoming I want something that is easy to take on and off I don't want to spend 10 minutes getting out of a corset
0: yeah, I just always wear a corset. I I honestly I don't bottom at dungeons. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I only bottom in private. Sometimes at private parties, but I've never bottomed at an actual dungeon. I don't. Think like I've a public I've dungeon? Seen you bottom ever? Maybe. No, you were there for the knife play one. Oh yeah, that's right. I did see that one. Yeah, so you you saw that one, but I just it's so rare. I forgot it is because I'm I'm massively choosy about who I bottom to. And usually it's just my daddy. Here you go. So what are you going to see at a public
1: dungeon? Anything and everything. You'll see scenes talk. You'll see some people participating in scenes. You'll see some people just talking. Not everybody who's going to be at the dungeon is going to do a scene that night. They might just be there to hang out with their friends and to watch. So now let's talk about private dungeons, because while there is a lot that is the same, there is also a lot that is different. Most definitely. Now, I have my own private dungeon. It started because one day, and literally, I remember this clearly, it was a Tuesday, and people in our chat group were complaining about wanting to go to a dungeon, but they didn't want to drive the 45 minutes to an hour to get to a dungeon. Mm-hmm. so the my dom at the time just casually mentioned well rama's got that empty basement we can just do a party there everyone said okay and that was tuesday and the party was going to be Friday. I now had just from Tuesday to Friday to get my basement ready to host
0: a dungeon party. I don't remember if I helped with that or not. I remember this, and I remember I went to that party. Right, because I think I've missed what like two of your parties in the entirety of the yeah. how many years?
1: It was it was down and dirty. We threw it together. People brought oh my gosh, there were blow up air mattresses, and we just. We had like five air mattresses around. I remember that. People would use a wall to stand up because I didn't have any St. Andrew's Cross or anything else. So that's how it all started. And then over time, it has finally reached where it is today with St.
0: Andrew's Cross and hard points and a spanking, and a spanking bench. bench and my own private area that I claim Correct. every single time for my electro. Lots of plugs in that spot. There you go. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about rules at a private dungeon versus a public dungeon. All right.
1: Waivers similar to public dungeons. Some have them, some don't. I have one. I have a waiver where you must sign your legal name and you are agreeing that everything that is happening here is consensual mm-hmm. and you're not gonna run off to the media and start telling people about it. You're not going to out everybody, you're not going to take pictures. All of that's on there. Now if you want the pictures. That's true. Private dungeons can also use in the United States, use the registry and look up sex offenders. Correct. So that is something that I've been looking into and I will be adding that. Okay. To my repertoire of vetting purposes. Attire, same thing, legal to the door. And then once you're inside, anything goes. Now, in the private dungeons, again, you're going to have rules about where. You could and could not be naked. For instance, I don't want your naked ass on my sofa. Thank you very much.
0: No, especially since I went and helped you pick that sucker out. That's too nice. It is not happening, guys. You better put a chuck down there if you can't be bothered to put your underpants on. I don't want you naked on the main
1: floor because there are windows and I have neighbors. And they did not consent to see you naked. Nope. You might find restricted areas in the house. So there might be a door that's got a sign on it that says you can't go in there.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, especially if there's people who live there. Right. Like in my house, we have restricted areas, but my my private bedroom with my daddy, again, my house, my rules from right. my parties, most people are not allowed upstairs. We have bathroom on the main floor. We have a bathroom in the basement. You don't get to use my bathroom upstairs unless you are one of like, I think there's three ladies, maybe four that have a pass on that one.
1: Right, because they're your personal friends. It's right. a close relationship.
0: Yeah, but everybody else, like uh, unless you specifically work. That out with me you might be able to use you know something on the main floor if it's an emergency but in my private bedroom there's there's a couple that i will let in there because i trust them right one of them is house sat for me before so i can't like say no not now
1: and the same thing at my parties the upstairs is
0: off limits entirely except
1: to a very select few people but even then i send them into the extra bedroom mm-hmm. i don't really want them in my bedroom
0: what about me well you're different yeah you're one of the people that your can family. use my bathroom. Family, <laughs> smoke. You know you've made it to best friend level when you let somebody use your bathroom, right? Yes.
1: <laughs> smoking. Same thing. And alcohol. May or may not be allowed. Smoking at my place. I don't allow any smoking inside my house. Mm-hmm. I have an outdoor patio where I've even set up a fire pit. You need to smoke. I get it. Go do it outside. Right. Alcohol. I allow alcohol at my private dungeon with the understanding that if I think you're intoxicated, one, you're not going to get to play. Mm -hmm. I won't let you. And B... I may very well be taking your keys. If
0: I don't know that you have a ride home, I'm not letting you drive away. And again, I don't necessarily have a dungeon at mine and we don't have play at my parties. So alcohol is allowed at mine because there is no play. Right.
1: We have other friends at their dungeons that they also allow alcohol, but they have similar rules to mine where they won't let you play if they feel you're too intoxicated and they won't let you drive home. Yes. Safety first. That's true. All right, now I do have one friend who runs his own dungeon where at his house, if two people are negotiating a pickup play, he requires that somebody who's a member of his house is there and is a witness to the negotiations.
0: Really? Yes, to make sure
1: that there's no misunderstanding. As you'll find out in a later episode, negotiations is crucial to a scene. So he wants to make sure that everybody is understanding. That's awesome. I don't do that at mine because the people who I invite into my dungeon are friends and know each other. Mm -hmm. So even if it's pickup play, it's pickup play between friends who have played before, they just didn't know they were going to play that night. And I
0: don't worry so much about it. Well, what if it's somebody that you vetted from your munches and is new? They're usually, if they're
1: going to play, they're going to play with somebody who is an experienced person who's been to my parties, who I know well, so I trust the top. Right. So you do you point them in the direction of that experienced person? I do. I know which one of my friends will do pick up play and which ones won't. Right. And I usually know who's got what planned for the night because we know about the party way in advance and everybody's talking in the chat room about what Mm -hmm. they're looking forward to doing.
0: So me, for example, I generally only do pickup play. Right. I will have one or two people that will sign up for a scene beforehand. But with Electro and the way I do my Electro and the way any of my trainees do it, it's very safe, very contained in one spot. You do almost a
1: demo table.
0: Yes. It's uh, maybe 10 to 15 minutes per person. And I don't do any, I don't do 10s units um, during parties. And I don't do, there's been one exception to the more hardcore, edgier stuff that i do at parties and that was with simple beauty right because it's her
1: well but again see you're one of those people who i trust implicitly so i don't feel i need to be a part of your negotiations you know what the fuck you're doing
0: the only time anybody ever called red during one of my scenes was when i turned gray it wasn't even my bottom it was me she called it on me because well, I would not continue.
1: Because I was doing blood play yeah, and you That story
0: just keeps coming up, doesn't it?
1: Because <laughs> I'm hoping if we keep talking about it, you'll learn your lesson. And what I, I say to you, because I've got some new paddles. Oh, so Jesus. as soon as it's safe, I'm playing. I lady. did. I
0: have never looked at you during a scene again. That was <laughs> two years
1: ago. I know, but l- you're still haunted by it. I am. I have nightmares. <laughs> so speaking of medical play, some <laughs> private dungeons have very strict rules about what you can and cannot do in their house. And understandably, some require approval. Some just say don't. Look, I have rules. I don't let fire play happen in my dungeon, because I have low ceilings in my dungeon. And lots of blankets. And it just makes me a little nervous, especially because this is my home. If it goes up in flames, I'm royally fucked. (laughs) Just say it.
0: I mean, you can come live with me.
1: Now the vetting process... The vetting process for the private parties varies as much as the hosts. Yes. There are hosts who have little to no vetting process. I don't go to those parties. And then there are hosts like me who only bring in people that I trust implicitly. So to get into, for instance, my party, one of two things has to happen. Either I have to know you and know you well enough to trust you to not only allow you into my private home, which means you now have my address, you know where I live, but that I trust you're a safe player. Or B, you have been recommended by somebody that I trust implicitly
0: right actually didn't isn't that how I got uh, my trainee in yes yeah so he was relatively new to the scene and I said look I've been training this dude for like a few months now I do trust him to play right
1: and I have told people no I mean I've had somebody who I vetted and was allowing them come to my party and they wanted to bring somebody I had never met and I was very honest with them I said I'm sorry I don't know you well
0: enough yet to know whether or not i can trust your opinion of that person and we actually know someone whose parties are even more exclusive like she specifies it doesn't matter if i know you or not it's your energy right that she's looking at and that's pretty specific for her kinds of parties Mm -hmm. all right let's talk about the etiquette in a private dungeon which
1: is where most of the differences are going to be than from the public dungeons for instance, consent. Consent is a little bit more subtle in a private dungeon because you've got people who are friends, who know each other. So while in a private dungeon, I don't mind if one of my friends walks up and smacks me on the ass without asking first. I would mind that very much in a public dungeon if somebody I didn't know did that. Here in a private dungeon, it's my friends. They have blanket consent, as we call it. So they know what they can and cannot do.
0: I mean, I walk up to Ra and just honker on the boobs. But again, I've had consent consent to do that for a long time. Like we've had sex. There's not a whole lot that I haven't at this done point, to yes, at
1: this point, Pretty much. <laughs> Thank you for announcing that to the whole world. Oh, you're welcome. Okay.
0: Anytime. So the <laughs> other thing
1: you're going to see is talking during scenes is also going to be very different. So in a public dungeon, you want to stay out of the scene. But in a private dungeon, depending upon who's doing it, you may find that the crowd is part of the scene. So for example, I, the ultra exhibitionist in the group. I like to make my scenes a group activity. So I invite people to talk to add their two cents. I encourage it. I will joke. I don't get floaty or spacey during a scene. So I might make jokes that I know the crowd is going to love and laugh. One of my favorites is when they're hitting me to turn to my top and say, but I thought you loved me. Why are you hurting me like this?
0: There's another story I'm reminded of during one of your scenes where somebody joined in. I think you might need to tell that one. Okay, this, you one. know, exactly what I'm, I'm talking exactly about. <laughs> okay, so let's
1: set the scene, so to speak. <laughs> At the time, I had a dom. He was unable to be at this particular party, but he gave me an assignment for this party. And the assignment was, I was to use my Hitachi and masturbate until I had four
0: orgasms. Okay, so again, let's just repeat, Rara is the ultimate exhibitionist. This was not in any way a punishment for her. No,
1: but I usually don't, I'm not so open with my sex parts. I'm open with the impact or so was a freedom. little humiliation thrown in there too, a, wasn't a it? tiny bit mm-hmm. uh exacerbated by our friend Bloke. <laughs> she's amazing so i would not let the party start until i did my masturbation scene in so this front of was everybody. everybody
0: in the party crowded down into the actual dungeon probably I mean, about there were people what hanging off the stairs 40 people something like that some. yeah so i started and I did my Hitachi. Now,
1: thank God. I know this is just between you and I, Dar. right? We're not telling right, anybody no. else. Nobody else will did. know, ever. I orgasm easily. Really? I know. I did not know okay, that. Shh, don't tell anybody. I had no idea. Yeah. Shh, guys. Nobody knows. Right. So luckily for that, because with a lot of people watching, there's a lot of pressure on you. So I get through the first two orgasms. And then it happened. <laughs> Off to the side, our friend Blue, our dear crazy friend Blue, I love her so has much. her Hitachi to her mouth and you would think that she would be joining in no she was pretending it was a microphone <laughs> and that she was the play-by-play announcer <laughs> she and, was so good and it was like at a golf tournament so she put it right up to her mouth and she spoke very quietly so as not to disturb the scene except i heard everything
0: well because it was dead silent in the room people were kind of like not, not even cheering anymore we were just going okay 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 okay, okay. yeah So
1: she gave this whole fucking play by play as I'm trying to come up with the last two orgasms.
0: And here's Rara laying on her back. Oh, look at her color. She's starting to turn a little red. I think we're getting closer to the orgasm. She looks a little bit. Oh, there she is. She's tightening up a bit there. Oh, right. right. Nope. Well, now, now she's just backing off.
1: Oh my God. It was. Now I'm hysterical giggling. Yeah. Which pulls me out of the let's have an
0: orgasm mode, which meant that she just had to keep going for longer. No so.
1: oh my God, thank God again, I orgasm easily, so I hurried up and got the last two orgasms out. But that scene will go down in history as probably one of the funniest, best
0: scenes ever. Mm, we I can think of one that's a bit of a competitor, which one? The, the trifecta with the three. Oh, oh. I'll let you share okay. that story. That's my favorite story. And it's talk about pulling people into a scene. I have no idea how this one started. I want to say it was actually Blue was involved in this one, too. She Why does every good story involved Blue? <laughs> <too? laughs> so she was on the bench with her top John. Top her boyfriend. Okay. I wasn't, I didn't know the exact term. But anyway, so he, would. they were doing a scene and she was really into it. Like, you don't understand. They get so deep into the scene. It's amazing to watch. We had another girl on a, on the Sibian. I don't remember. If it was the It was the Sibian. It was the the Sibian. No, it was the Sibian. Sibian. Okay. Because it was right next to me. And then I had a electro scene. Well, this particular electro scene was meant to encourage orgasm. So we also had a Hitachi.
1: And meanwhile, I believe I was doing a rope scene. Right. So I'm hanging from the rope just watching all of this happening.
0: And it just happened to be that there were three lady bits getting buzzed. So we had two Hitachis going at the same time and a motor bunny slash Sibian. Right. And all
1: bottoms were three very, shall we say, vocal women.
0: Yes. And all the tops were very vocal tops about it because the person who was driving the Sibian was like, yeah, let's go. Like he was going for it. And we all three tops kind of just ended up looking at each other and there wasn't anything said per se. The energy was amazing. It was, shall I say, electric. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And we just all kind of looked at each other. And then it, it just started this competition of who could get their bottom to orgasm first. Yes and we were really trying. It was as an observer.
1: I mean, as I said, I was hanging in my rope and it pulled me out of my rope scene. And for the first time, I was okay with it because what I was watching was so much fun.
0: So it ended up being three separate scenes going at the same time that merged into almost one giant scene. And the audience was absolutely incredible talk about energy we all stopped to watch because this was amazing but they they were cheering they were like I'm I have no idea how they didn't pull these ladies out of their space to orgasm but at at some point they kind of caught on right and they were in on it too like nothing was done without consent I mean it was consent through the audience through everybody that was involved we had a three-way tie yes it was hysterical because
1: all of a sudden you had these three very vocal women
0: reach (laughs) orgasm almost simultaneously i i want to say that it was a little bit of that one person started and then that set off the other two which happens to me so oh you have sympathy orgasms? i well yeah if i'm already going and i'm hearing somebody come that's literally (laughs) my kink I will. I come from hearing other people come. Okay. Yeah. So that was good for me too that night. It was,
1: it was something I don't think we could have done if we, planned it no that had to
0: definitely be that could not have been planned at all yeah. I, th- I think we might have actually tried to recreate it once and it just it just didn't it work flat. it was just
1: something magical that happened that night and yeah I think those two scenes will yeah. go down in history yeah. as as some of the best we've ever had no
0: offense but I prefer the one I was involved in <laughs> but blue was involved in both which is amazing all right so in other words she's the troublemaker yes, is that obviously we need to make
1: sure she's at every party party. <laughs> But in that instance, because those became public scenes, people participating by speaking was fine. Mm -hmm. obviously during scenes normally we encourage people to be quiet when you're watching you just can't always do that in a a situation with friends like that now dungeon monitors you may or may not see them at private parties inevitably the host themselves will serve as a dungeon monitor and they may assign other people to also take that role but because it's a more casual environment because it's usually friends hanging out together there's a lot more trust between people and i know personally i don't worry so much about having somebody designated as a dungeon monitor, because we are all watching out, we are all acting as dungeon monitors. And I know that while you're doing electro, if somebody's next to you doing another scene, you've kind of got an eye and an ear out for them. And the same thing. So I don't worry as much about it. Membership fees, entrance fees, most of us in the private, and maybe this is different elsewhere, but at least in our area. And as I said, there's like five of us, we don't charge a membership fee, you don't have to be a member, right? But we do charge an entrance fee. Whereas we have to call it legally donation because right. because our state doesn't allow entrance fees, but they do allow donations. And the money is not so that we can earn a living. That's not where the money's going.
0: Well, I know for me, it's so that I can pay somebody to clean the next day. The money is usually going to supplies. So for example, I have to restock my
1: chucks. I have to Lysol wipes, Lysol wipes, calvacide wipes, more toilet paper because people are using the bathroom, right? you know only the one on the main floor though right that's where the money's going the money's also going to buy more equipment so for instance my St. Andrew's Cross my spanking bench those were purchased with the money that people donated
0: when they would come to the parties and also the host usually provides quite a bit of food yes so it can it can help offset that as well Mm -hmm. equipment you may see the same equipment that you
1: see at a public dungeon but not always you've got smaller spaces Mm -hmm. some of that equipment is very expensive and especially since A lot of it's custom made. Right. And the other thing is, too, is even if you see it, you're not going to see multiples. So at a public dungeon, you might see five or six
0: banking benches. In a private dungeon, you've got one. I'm just picturing now five or six banking benches lined up in a row with different people bent over it. But usually they're not in a row. They're in different spots around the thing. That's just what happened in my brain. Yeah.
1: You really need to be especially aware of how long you're taking on the equipment so that you're not an equipment hog. And again, clean, 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 clean. Please clean. Clean your equipment clean your bench clean Mm -hmm. everything how
0: you should dress is going to be the same as as a public dungeon Mm -hmm. wear whatever the fuck you want to i mean legit i've come in like leggings and a t-shirt yeah Ooh, lots more costumes at private yeah yeah i've done a lot more costumes at private dungeons than i have at public dungeons because a lot of times the parties are like themed right so that's that's when our crew goes all out we lose our minds oh my god we did prom prom was amazing That's we did kinky my daddy we
1: did kinky prom that was his first pu- his first party oh he looked
0: so good in that suit <laughs> and i think i wore a black lace dress that was semi see-through something like that maybe I th- that i still have it in my closet mm-hmm. maybe i should put that on tonight basically
1: just some final thoughts on this common sense please use it when you attend whether public or private dungeons be kind be thoughtful. Be considerate. Dar, do you have any final thoughts on this? Don't get in people's way.
0: It doesn't matter if it's a private party or a public one. Don't get in people's way. It's irritating and likely to piss people off like nothing else. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you could tell from my story earlier that made me really <laughs> mad. But the important thing is go have fun. Definitely. Have a good time. And they are fun. I mean, like I said, I was pretty shy for my first one. But after that, it gets, it gets really good. And... I have never been shy in my entire life, but
1: (laughs) dungeons are a lot of fun. So if you can get to one, I highly recommend
0: it. And if you can't get to a public one, see if there's a private Private one one you can go. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered, or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail, and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and
1: FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink
0: Kink Podcast, and hang out with other Pink Kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast. Even if you can't
1: show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review pink kink on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to pink kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday.
1: So until next time, stay pretty,
0: stay safe, and stay twisted.